The Word of the Lord from 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 1 through 12. And I, when I came to you, brothers, did not come proclaiming to you the testimony of God with lofty speech or wisdom. For I decided to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. And I was with you in weakness and in fear and much trembling. My speech and my message were not in plausible words of wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit and of power. That your faith might not rest in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Yet, among the mature, we do impart wisdom. Although it is not a wisdom of this age, or of the rulers of this age, who are doomed to pass away. But we impart a secret and hidden wisdom of God, which God decreed before the ages for our glory. None of the rulers of this age understood this, for if they had, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. But as it is written, But no eye has seen, no ear heard, nor the heart of man imagined what God has prepared for those who love him. These things God has revealed to us through the Spirit, for the Spirit searches everything, even the depths of God. For who knows a person's thoughts except the Spirit of that person which is in him. So also, no one comprehends the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. Now, we have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God, that we might understand the things freely given to us by God. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus the Christ. Amen. Mm -hmm. The text for our gospel proclamation comes from the epistle 1 Corinthians 2, 1 to 12, and serves as the basis of our theme for the fifth Sunday after the Epiphany, the wisdom of eternal living. The streets of Corinth are bustling with activity. A retired Roman soldier takes his pension allotment to the market and picks up the seeds, dried figs, and mead that will supply his food stores for the week. A house slave takes his master's billing and accounting statements to his master's creditors to demand their payment on their debts. And a woman carries her child on her hip as she searches for the cloth with that fine purple dye that will suffice for the new dress she wants to make for her sister's upcoming wedding. It's a normal day in the shops for them. Not unlike a normal day for us at the supermarket or department store. It's just where everyone goes to get what they need when they live in the busy port city of Corinth. What's different is the shops that have little figurines representing the Roman and Greek gods that many people worshipped in little shrines in their homes. The people didn't have a means of transportation like we do today. Not even a horse or donkey to ride on, for those were dedicated to outside of the city travel and for use on the farms or wine presses. And the people would encounter sophists in the streets using rhetoric and lofty speech to basically entertain the people with concepts that were nothing to think about normally or consider worthy of wasting any time discussing. Yet, their lofty speech and word-salad combinations would draw the young mothers in, 
catch the attention of the Roman soldiers and give pause to the household slaves, giving them a moment of mindless distraction. Plato and Socrates saw it for what it was and realized it was a departure from the virtue and wisdom they were espousing. But like so many things intellectual and educational, true wisdom literature and speaking lost the spotlight to the infantile, say nothing, but do it in an entertaining way to the masses who were attracted to listening without thinking. It's difficult for us to understand why the second sophistic movement gained popularity unless you look at your media usage on your phone, you see how much time you've spent looking at short videos of people dancing on TikTok or subscribe to videos on Instagram of people traveling in vans to exotic points of interest or find ways to just distract yourself from the moment by catching up on posted pictures of yet another smiling selfie or just a picture of a plate of food. We love to look and listen without thinking. This is exactly what Paul is talking about when he said he didn't come to them with lofty speech or wisdom. Now, wisdom here is not educated, learned, or derived from the great library of Alexandria. No, Paul is talking about these sophists who, ironically enough, are little concerned with real wisdom. It's as if Paul is saying, didn't come to you with TikTok video dancing to get your attention. I didn't tell you about the beautiful mountain pass I watched a sunset from. I didn't even tell you about the great meal I had at Thaddeus's house on the way into town. No, I came to you with one message and one message alone. I didn't come to impress you with how I'm preaching. I'm coming to you with who I am preaching above all else. I am preaching Christ crucified for the redemption of your souls from sin. And I love how Paul approaches the good news of Christ Jesus with fear and trembling. Fear in the sense of respect for what he's responsible for. Speaking the word of God clearly in terms people can understand, which means eternal life and eternal death if they don't believe what he is telling them. Mm -hmm trembling, like the moment when someone is asking in a group, what do you believe? Knowing what comes out of your mouth next could be accepted, rejected, ridiculed, celebrated, or worst of all, simply ignored. No matter what you know, what the word of God says is powerful, some for life and some for eternal death. Or, trembling, like the young pastor holding up the sacrament for the first time for his people, knowing it is not him, but the very body and blood of the Lord that does the active work of forgiving sins and strengthening faith. But if the pastor is unfaithful in his duty to distribute his Lord to those who are worthy communicants, he just might be facilitating in their judgment. The African-American spiritual, were you there? captures the spirit of Paul's trembling perfectly as we consider our Savior. Sing the first verse with me. Were you there when they crucified my Lord? 
Were you there? Were you there when they crucified my Lord? Were you there? Oh, sometimes it causes me to tremble, tremble, tremble. Were you there? When they crucified my Lord, were you there? Oh, how I have seen grown powerful men reduced to tears at the power of the cross to redeem them from the sins they were so ashamed of. Oh, how I have seen colonels and generals with the power of tanks, missiles, and the most deadly force in nature, the grunt infantry soldier under their command, and all doing their bidding at their word, trembling before the true power of the universe, our King Jesus. But I have also seen fools rise up with nothing to say and remove people from social media because they said, no other king but King Jesus. Oh, they will leave verified terrorists, anti-Semites, and even self-avowed child predators spewing their know-nothing nonsense without restriction. But if you tell people that Jesus saves them from their sins, they ban you because they fear you above everything else. Mm -hmm. Why? Because deep down in their know-nothing souls, they know it's true. And they will have to concede that they are not your overlords. They are not the top of the cultural food chain anymore. And they are not even in charge of themselves. For when one believes in the love and forgiveness that Jesus won for them on the cross, then they are forgiven and he becomes their Lord. And what our Lord says, we believe, teach, and confess in our daily living from there on out. <clears throat> As Paul says, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit in verse 5, having therefore our faith, not in the wisdom of men, but rather in the power of God. And knowing we have that power in God, as Paul says in verse 9, we now do what God prepared for the ones who loved him. This beautiful word of God is our daily devotion to how we live our lives in the grace of God. No longer do we let our lives be driven by the drivel of this world and its determination to drive us away from Christ. No, we devote ourselves to all that brings us closer to Christ as revealed through the Holy Spirit who searches all the things of God and inspires them in us to do. Giving living, and believing, and striving for the things of God by building the community of Christ, by lifting up young people for full-time work in the kingdom of God. How many young men will make faithful pastors one day? How many young women will make faithful deaconesses, teachers, DCEs, and DCOs? giving so they can be given the opportunity by the Spirit of God to follow through on their calling without the distraction of having to find the money to do so. Living our lives each and every day 
knowing who our Savior is, and knowing he sent the Helper, the Holy Spirit, who will guide everything we do through the Word of God and his holy sacraments. Believing that he is indeed coming soon to this unwise and perverse generation. So we must love those believing that which is unwise so they can receive the wisdom of God instead. Striving every year, day, and minute to live the next five minutes like it's the last five minutes of our lives before Christ calls us home. If the Lord came right now, would you be embarrassed by what you are doing? Or would he find you doing his kingdom work? Hmm. Have faith, we say, yes, he will. Because we will do everything as unto the Lord. Hmm. Yes, the world is full of distracting, nonsensible, time-wasting, know-nothing dribble. But you are full of Christ, who was graciously gifted to us, and has given us the wisdom of eternal living. Amen. Amen. Now may that peace which surpasses all understanding guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus always. Amen.